This week, Microsoft turned Windows and Xbox up to 11. Happy Friday, friends. It has been, it's been a couple weeks. I had a, a vacation in there. I had some business and work travel and other things going on. So it's been a couple weeks since we've done this properly on a Friday and it feels good to be back. And Microsoft did not disappoint this week with just a ton of news and little hints and teasers about things coming ahead in the agenda in the world of Redmond. So let's just dive in this week with some of uh, some of the other news that didn't make the big headlines, but it's def definitely worth discussing. Uh, Microsoft is finally including Visio in Microsoft 365. Now, if you're not familiar with Visio, this is their like charting and plotting tool, uh, workflow, operational tools and all that. And it's always been its sort of own bucket outside of Microsoft 365. And they announced that they're bringing it to Microsoft 365 as part of your already paying subscription. Uh, it, there's not, it's good news, but it's not great news because they're only bringing the web app iteration to Microsoft 365, unfortunately. So for power users, you're still going to be paying for that Visio. I believe it's plan one or plan two, depending on your needs. But for, if you just need basic workflow operation and charting needs so you will be able to do that with your microsoft 365 subscription but power users you're still going to be paying still going to be paying uh, microsoft search is going to begin uh, including transcriptions in it from teams meetings so what this means is right now you can use a teams meeting and if you're paying for all the features and functionalities and bells and whistles uh teams will transcribe your meeting for you taking your audio and turning it into text and then that will be indexed inside of microsoft search now there's a couple limitations here for people who are probably going to get a little bit nervous hearing that is that only people who are in the meeting can actually see that transcription in a search which is a good thing also keep in mind for e-discovery purposes all this content will now be logged so if you're thinking hey as long as we say stuff and don't write it down we'll be fine that doesn't really work if you have transcription turned on the only way to avoid this and remove this is to actually turn transcriptions off for meetings so you kind of got to weigh your pros and cons but if you're really that concerned about being e-discovered or using e-discovery to, to understand what you're talking about in your meetings, you probably have other issues that you need to be thinking about. Just, you know, maybe maybe do a little self-reflection or something like that. Um, but that functionality is coming and it's going to start here, I believe, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So just keep in mind that you might start seeing that showing up. So if you're also keep in mind that if you're just tagging your entire company to join meetings, um, they're now going to be able to see the transcription in that it's probably going to be quite useful for some people, although keep in mind that meetings typically have a lot of noise in them because you're, you're trying to hash out through the workflow processes to make a decision. And so actually understanding what that decision is in the meeting context could be kind of difficult. But the thing that will be helpful is if you're searching and trying to figure out who was in a meeting and what were you talking about, uh, it will now surface those results. Uh, Microsoft is also rebranding Windows Virtual Desktop to uh, Azure Virtual Desktops. I know, big, big news here. Actually, so this one makes sense because Microsoft is expanding what Windows Virtual Desktops can actually do to be on Windows. So you can't really use Windows if you're running non-Windows stuff. And so by naming it Azure, makes a lot of sense. So uh, they also announced some new features, but the big one there is the rebranding from Windows to Azure. Also, Microsoft is just kind of leaning into the Windows 11 leaks, if you will. So Microsoft this week published on their Windows YouTube channel. It's like they call it a slow fi remix of some Windows noises uh, in uh, on this thing, on their YouTube page. You should go check it out. It's sort of a, a, a weird thing. But the only thing you need to take away from this is the video length is exactly to the second, 11 minutes long. Microsoft is very clearly hinting that, hey, 11 is the future and things are coming. And also I have heard uh, a couple times now that Sun Valley 
with all the features and bells and whistles unlocked, has a complete new sound profile. I'm curious if they are bringing those over from Windows 10X. Remember, Windows 10X had updated sound profiles and everything else, and it would make sense since Microsoft has canceled or effectively put 10X on the back burner that they're going to steal all those sounds and UI and visual elements and bring them over to Windows 11. It's going to get tough to say that I almost said proper Windows 10, but Windows 11 will inherit those. And so you might be able to actually go hear some of them now if you downloaded that leaked build of Windows 10X that came back out in January. But clearly Microsoft is showing off, hey, look, here's these slow-fly noise remixes, and they're going to be introducing new sound profiles. One of the other things to take away here is that Microsoft came out really, really early about this June 24th event. Remember, um, it's been out now for over a week, so they're, they're basically leaving like a month to hype up this event, which means I hope that they're not overselling it. It's... It, sounds like it's going to be big the fact that they're doing all of this uh kind of subtle marketing if you will and i expect that to fully continue highlights that this isn't just a normal a, a normal windows event doesn't even make sense anymore because it's been so long since we've had a windows event that they're really hyping this event up so i hope that they deliver on all fronts and really make this a a big uh splash for windows and sort of a, a rebirth if you will, of excitement around the Windows community, but we will see uh, everything else that comes out. But Microsoft is very clearly and, and not so subtly anymore pointing to the fact that 11 is going to be the future. And so just keep all of that in mind. Now, jumping over to the gaming news of the week, because I think that sort of took the highlight. There was, uh, you know, Apple had their WWDC, but I'm not going to drill into that because that stuff's been beaten to death already by now. Uh, but I think Microsoft had a really big Xbox event. Now, this was a media-only event that they held. And I, there was a video session that Microsoft asked everybody not to post. And so I, I want to kind of help unravel what this was. It felt it felt very much more like a, a business event, if you will, rather than a pure gaming event, which it, right up my alley. Like, this is like overlapping perfectly, like things that I love, because Microsoft really laid out the roadmap for where they were taking. Xbox, but it was very apparent during this whole presentation that they were justifying almost like an analyst call about why and how Microsoft is continuing to dump billions of dollars into Xbox. And I don't mean like figuratively billions of dollars. I mean, literally billions of dollars, right? They spent $7.5 billion on Bethesda. Uh, they, they continue to spend just oodles and noodles of money to prop up Xbox and to help position Xbox to be the premier place to play gaming on any device, on any platform, basically anything that has a screen, Microsoft wants to own in the Xbox world. And they really laid out the roadmap of how they're going to do that, the strategy behind it. And it wasn't a games-focused event, but it was a, an Xbox content strategy-focused event, which has a lot of good information uh, in it, which you can watch a video that I did yesterday where they talk about the new streaming hardware. And so Microsoft is very clearly saying, hey, look, if it has a screen, we want Xbox content on there. Now, there's a lot of different endpoints that we already know that this is coming to fruition, right? We have iOS, we have Android, we have PC, uh, which all these all these scenarios are going to be lighting up here for everybody in the very near future. And so the next logical place to do that would be the living room, because that's where most people play video games. At least I should say that's where a large swath of people potentially play video games. And right now, still the only way to do that is with through a console. Unless you hook up like a PC with HDMI and, and get spaghettified, but I don't think Microsoft is looking toward that scenario. That's why they are announcing that they are working with global TV manufacturers. And if I had to place a bet on on who that might be, 
Um, and I suspect that it's more than one, but I almost think it's guaranteed that Samsung is a part of that narrative. Reason being is that Microsoft has a, a close relationship with Samsung on multiple fronts, uh, including the phone, right? They also, they do a lot of things like your phone show up first on Samsung devices. Uh, Samsung has also been uh, playing around with Windows on ARM stuff and Microsoft just has a good working relationship with them. And Samsung obviously produces TVs, and I would expect that Samsung TVs will be including with this Xbox app uh, in some capacity. I'd be looking hopefully for announcement maybe this fall, but we're not quite sure when these things will start coming uh, to market. Obviously, a lot of TVs get announced at CES, so it might be as long as January before we start seeing this officially arrive uh, from a lot of manufacturers, but we do know that it is coming. The other way that Microsoft is approaching this are through dedicated streaming devices. Now, we don't quite have a, a good feel for what these things are yet. I, all the media, and myself included, I, but I, although I put it in quotes, saying it's a stick. The reason why we, we went down that avenue is because Hobart, which was a previous Microsoft streaming device that did not make it to market, it was canceled before it shipped, was in fact, I believe, a stick. So Microsoft is working, just don't, I want to get fixated on the idea of it being a stick. I would just say streaming devices, because we don't quite know what form factor they might take and what features and functionality will be included. But Microsoft is again looking to lower, significantly lower that cost of entry to get things into the living room. So it's just part of a greater strategy of thinking of how can Microsoft reduce the tax that is required to play console quality gaming on a device. Now, obviously the best way is gonna to continue to be through a console, an Xbox Series X. I think there were already some headlines like Microsoft is killing off the console. That couldn't be further from the truth. Microsoft knows that there's a dedicated fan base and they are not blind to the fact that they have to continue to serve that fan base through high power class leading consoles, which is what we see with the Xbox Series lineup. So don't, don't go over index on that. Um, and speaking of those consoles, by the way, they launched in China. This was sort of overlooked uh, because of this event, but Microsoft is now officially selling their consoles in China, which is a massive market for the company and is a, another small notch into the, the category of just selling more consoles. Microsoft actually said during their press uh, and media event that they actually believe they're going to gain market share this generation compared to last. We don't know how aggressive and, and how they're measuring that, because if it, if they truly base it on console sales, that's absolutely one way. But if they look at the overall gaming perspective, like the gaming market in, in terms of dollars spent, I definitely think that they will get more dollars spent on Xbox as a percentage compared to last generation because they've, they're have they opening up so many more endpoints. It would be crazy to think that Microsoft is going to have less dollars spent on Xbox when they have so many more endpoints available. So uh, other things happening in the gaming world is Sunday. There's a massive event called E3. You've probably heard of it, or maybe you haven't, but I'm guessing you probably have. Uh, Microsoft and Bethesda will be teaming up for their showcase on Sunday. And there will be a lot of good content from that. I am hoping that we get an official launch date for Flight Simulator. I suspect, honestly, we will because Microsoft has previously said that it will arrive this summer. And so I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't talk about it as summer officially starts June 21st here in the Northern Hemisphere. And so considering this is happening, uh, what, June June. 13th um if i could you know add some simple numbers together it would behoove microsoft or it's not a crazy thought to think that hey they're going to announce the flight sim launch date and keep in mind i believe that is actually i don't believe i know it is it's an xbox series x and s generational exclusive so if you're an xbox one if you can find one you're going to need to get a next gen console to play this which is fine i think microsoft is it is in their best interest to start turning that tide of games that are only coming to the next generation consoles to help you know 
push developers to really take advantage of the experiences and potential uh, horsepower that is available on next-gen consoles by just, hey, Xbox One has to go away eventually here. Um, while we're not quite to a year since launched, before you know it, we will be into the fall season, which means that Xbox Series X and S have been out for a year. And I think it's I think it's fair to say, hey, uh, you know, generational exclusives are available, even though um, you can probably, I hope that Microsoft does make these titles eventually available on Xbox One via cloud gaming, because that would be a great use of that technology and would convince people to pay for Game Pass Ultimate, which is exactly what Microsoft wants. So diving into the questions this week, because there are quite a few of them. You take a couple days off or a couple weeks, I should say, and uh, they get dropped in. So uh, Miss Mary Jo Foley says, what is the code name for the Xbox gaming stick? Well, I would rephrase that as what is the Xbox... What is the codename for the Xbox gaming device, streaming devices? If you don't know, please make one up. Um, I'm pretty sure I do know, but I'm just going to call them Streamy McStreamy Face uh, is going to be my official outgoing codename for these devices. Uh, JNBCK says, so does EA not believe in firewalls? Well, what I believe he's referring to here is EA got compromised. And I, I, I don't think it's fair to say they don't believe in firewalls. I mean, you can look at any week of the year, probably last year, and find a company that was compromised. Getting uh, Hacking into companies has become a very profitable business via ransomware and Bitcoin transactions. And so EA was the latest and people got a hold of, I believe it was the Frostbite engine. Um, and then they also definitely did not get a hold of NHL because they've abandoned that franchise uh, or whatever. Um, they stole a bunch of stuff. It was like 780 gigs or something like that or about one call of duty. And they are now exposed to that. The, the biggest ramification from this is there's going to be some fallout and EA might, I don't know, I don't know if they're being held like, it's like pay us 50 Bitcoins or whatever and we'll, we'll not leak your stuff. But the bigger outcome here is that if the Frostbite engine has leaked in totality, it's going to open up the, it's going to make it significantly easier for uh, hackers to create third-party cheats for games because they now have the engine and they can test and compile and, and do their things natively through the, 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 the development engine. And it's going to make it easier to hack into games uh, and create those exploits that make playing Call of Duty or Destiny or everything else on a PC so very annoying. So that's probably going to be the bigger outcome for the, the, the casual user. We haven't quite heard yet from EA if any customer data has leaked, although I don't think they said it has, but don't quote me on that. So just be on the lookout for something like that. Uh, Jay, he also says, I haven't heard much about Sun Valley and chipsets. Will it run on ARM? It is intended to run on ARM. So that is an endpoint that it will eventually reach. I don't quite know if it's going to be day one, uh, but it definitely is on the agenda. Uh, Mr. PKI says, since this is gaming week and with E3 this weekend, here are some gaming questions. Have you tried playing Outriders? Why did they cap the level at 30? The game value declines quickly after that limitation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why they capped it at 30. I'm wondering if that has some relation to do with Game Pass. I have not tried it yet. Actually, I haven't played much games other than Call of Duty uh, for the past couple weeks just because I've been gone. Although Outriders did perform exceptionally well as a day one game uh for for game pass and so for the developers but i don't have a good answer as to why it was capped at 30 it's um i, I suspect that they probably want people to eventually buy the game uh halo infinite is a major attraction this year at xbox and many have questions myself included it microsoft so halo infinite is a really infinite interesting one first off Sachin Nadella was wearing a halo infinite uh hoodie during the media event you can actually see that they, microsoft did post some official clips onto their youtube channel but they left out a, just a ton of it and he has a really cool hoodie that i would love to figure out how to get my hands on 
Um, anyways, Microsoft has to show off Halo Infinite, and they have to do it in a way that really sort of elevates things. Uh, Mike, obviously, I think it was the last time we saw it. We've seen, I know we've seen screenshots from the Bungie, or Bungie, the 343 updates on their blog, but I don't think we've seen any video of the enhancements that they have made during roughly the past year. So, Microsoft really needs to show off Halo Infinite and they really need to come big. And I'm not saying anything that we didn't know or obviously know at this point, but it's a big deal right now because everybody saw what they did show off last year and they're waiting to be shown off what is going to be this year. The question is, when are they going to do it? Are they going to hold their own special event in July or are they just going to use E3, which I think they should. And so we will find out on Sunday what they are doing and hopefully whatever. Uh, but Mr. PK says, why does Bonnie Ross, the visionary in chief of Halo, not conduct any interviews? This is a good question. I'll be curious to see. I think it's probably fair to say at this point, after the disastrous um, last year event, that they're probably keeping some of that back. And so here's what we need to watch. After they announce what is going on, right? Hopefully, let's assume that they show something at E3. Hopefully, Bonnie will start doing some interviews post um, that event. If she doesn't, then things will be a little bit, not a little bit more, but probably extremely more awkward. Uh, Eternal Shadai says, my question is, do all first-party studios utilize all the features, perks that Microsoft gives them, like VRR, ray tracing, etc., when a game release, or, or is that no extra cost for the studios? Reason for me asking is that studios implement that later in an update and not at the date of the release. Just curious. So it, that's a really hard question to answer. He, what he's talking about is when a game comes out, um, it's not like when a developer implements ray tracing, it's not like they go to the Microsoft shelf and just pick off a bucket of ray tracing and, and, and then dump it on a game. Um, it really has to be built into the game itself because there's going to be ramifications for compute uh, overhead, right? Ray tracing introduces a significant amount of compute. And so they can't just slap it in. They've got to make sure that it's not going to destroy frame rates. It's not going to upset the gaming experience uh, in any way. And so it's not so much that Microsoft doesn't let them. I mean, it's really, I believe, up to the game developer to do this. Now, I'm sure Microsoft is going to be encouraging, especially for net new titles um, that are coming to the platform. Like if you're starting from scratch, yeah, you better be including all the bells and whistles. But if, for example, Bethesda, they just got acquired. Microsoft, I can't imagine, is going to go through and, and mandate that they implement all RDNA 2 features for titles that have been in development for three, four years at this point. So um, Microsoft, I don't believe mandates it, but I, I think for net new titles uh, for next generation, it will be heavily encouraged. Matabar says, do you think xCloud will share devices with other cloud gaming services? I mean, will it be on Android TV, Chromecast, Fire TV Shield, or Fire Shield TV? So I say yes, but it's Microsoft, let me put it this way, would want it on every single endpoint potentially feasible under the sun. The obvious outside exception here is going to be Apple TV. I can't see Microsoft. If Microsoft can land that, that'll be a big win for the company. Um, but I can see Apple being not so nice about it. Microsoft might have to try to do like a web browser thing that would be just really not a good experience. Potentially a reason why they're trying to build their own streaming devices because they know a lot of people have Apple TVs. And that's something I can just see Apple not doing. Microsoft wants to put it on Chromecast and all that. Now, obviously, there's Stadia out there that they have to deal with. We don't quite know what Google's stance is going to be on all of this quite yet. Obviously, you can put it on Android, but Android is a little bit different than thing like a Chromecast or an Android TV. I think it's still a little too early, but Microsoft is working upstream from the Android TV operators, right? They're actually working with the TV manufacturers, and those manufacturers will want to put it on there. Reason being is I can guarantee Microsoft is either paying or giving them a cut of the subscription if they can sell it through their device. So, 
Jay Herdia says, hey Brad, thanks for your hard work keeping us informed. My pleasure, it's something I enjoy. My question is about Panos and Sun Valley. Giving the timing of this appointment as Windows Chief, do you think that we will see on the 24th is a result of first order of business when he took over or a more recent change that he's pivoted into the last year, i.e. is this the Surface Mini in Windows form? So this is a really good question. Remember, Panos has only been leading, uh, I think it's like 18 months. I can't remember exactly when he when he took over. And so what he's saying is like the Panos walk in and say like, hey, first order of business is we, we, we got to like fix the UI and make it consistent. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more than fix the UI and make it consistent. I think it's definitely more of a theme. Uh, think like arrow style update to Windows where it's been touched across the entire OS and it's going to make it more cohesive. I think that is definitely more of a first order of business. Remember, Windows is a very slow-ish moving beast. Microsoft has tried to change that image with these two updates per year, but they've already kind of regressed into really it's just one update in the fall and a small one in the spring. And so Windows, is a, you can't, because Windows is like 20 years, 20 plus years old at this point, it's, you can't just go in and just completely overhaul the OS uh, in a few months. Like it, this is a generational thing, which is probably why they're calling it the next generation of Windows because they're probably starting that journey. I just hope that whatever they're starting with this next generation of Windows is that it's going to be thematic and clean and easy to understand, not these just random pockets of updates of features that people don't really want or ever use. And hopefully Microsoft and more specifically Panos will actually understand what people use Windows for and make it an, an easier and more enjoyable OS to use rather than just throwing in features like my people or timeline or things that most people aren't going to use and try to understand where windows should be headed and make it more uh, just user friendly at the end of the day bart says hi brad uh this week uh, people on the dev channel have re received two builds to test the servicing pipeline. Uh, what do you think of this in light of Sun Valley announcement on June 24th? Also, do you expect Sun Valley to arrive via uh, a cumulative update or feature experience pack update? So this is a good channel. So good channel. Good question. Microsoft is so there's there's two things that kind of get that muddy the water. So there's the OS update and then there's. Uh, I believe it's Cherry Hill. So Sun Valley is the the next version of Windows. Just think of like Windows 10. It, it's like the next version of that. Cherry Hill is an experience pack, I believe, that unlocks all the new UI elements. So it's a little bit of a loaded question because in one aspect, it is definitely an update to the OS, but then it's the experience pack that is going to enable all the visual enhancements that you're going to want to see. And so it, it's a little bit of both. Now, the, the key here is that it's an experience pack. That is why Microsoft is testing and they need to there's i'm guessing they're they're trying to work at any kinks from any rough rough patches when this rolls out uh, hopefully on the june 24th for insiders or something like that i'm not quite sure how microsoft is going to approach this but either way it's an experience pack, which means in theory, it can be un uninstalled and that you go back to what we know is kind of like vanilla windows. And so that'll be interesting to play for, uh, for the enterprise customers, because then you could, you know, you don't have to worry about your cheese moving up at educating your users and all that. That was one of the big problems with windows eight is why would a, a company install windows eight on their devices and then have to retrain all of their users. If you got a hundred thousand employees, that's a lot of training and a lot of lost productivity. So Microsoft has to tread very carefully. And I think that's where these experience packs are going to come in. 
Ian Yates says, uh, xCloud Xbox news from this week has been very sensible and probably smart of them to get the hardware news out so early so they can try to focus on games at the showcase. Uh, do you think Microsoft released an Android TV app for xCloud? I, I, Microsoft wants to release an Android TV app for xCloud. The question is, can they? And I think they can. It's just going to matter to me a matter of time of when. Uh, would it or any other cloud devices allow more than one controller at a time? So this is an interesting scenario too. You think about it. If you want to play co-op couch gaming, you're going to need two devices connected to either the TV or anything else. I, I suspect that they would like to, although that's an interesting question because it, it depends on what is powering the controller experience. If Microsoft is using their own RF, um, their own Xbox protocol, I suspect that answer is yes. But if they're using Bluetooth, then I believe you might you might be a little bit concerned about interference between two controllers connecting to it. Um, I hope that they do enable that because like things like Minecraft especially are going to play pretty well over cloud gaming. And obviously that is a pretty big co-op experience um, that people like to enjoy on the couch. So I hope so. But I think right now there's just too many questions that aren't quite known about Microsoft's implementation of this, this technology into either a streaming device or into a TV itself. Uh, Shark47 says, Windows 7 to Windows 8 and 8 to 10 were pretty big changes. Do you think we will see a similar big bump from 10 to 11? I think the similar big bump is going to come through UI. Now, if you went back and actually looked at what Windows 10 launched with way back in July of like 20, five, six years ago, Windows 10 today is already pretty different. There's a, a lot has changed. And so I don't think we're going to see a huge like feature dump um, or overhaul of the infrastructure. I could be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see that yet. I think this is much more of a front end uh, update to make it look more, just make it look different because I think the eight, I don't think Windows 10 looks bad. I really don't, but I think it's starting to age. And so Microsoft is feeling the pressure to update and enhance that. And that's what we're going to see uh, with Sun Valley. And Sydney 2K says, wrapping now, uh, a couple questions. Earlier today, an inadvertent leak on a retailer website suggested that Flight Simulator for console would release early next week. So this came from GameStop Ireland, which I will be fully transparent. I had no idea GameStop Ireland was a thing, uh, but apparently GameStop is Ireland in Ireland. And I believe they said it was the 15th or something like that. I expect, uh, let me put it that way. I really hope that we get a Flight Simulator launch today. I don't know if I would put all my eggs in the basket of what GameStop Ireland posted on their website. The reason being is like when you put like June 15th or June 30th or something like that, those feel like placeholder dates because they're just the middle of the month or the end of the month and so the 15th i'm not saying it's inaccurate but it also just feels like one of those dates um that they just picked out of a hat as a placeholder um to get things up and running and i've actually looked when is june 15th june, oh, june 15th is a tuesday microsoft likes to launch stuff on tuesdays so we will see uh and then his second question is rumors suggest that valve is working on a handheld steam device to run a linux os this would make sense and make an excellent xbox cloud streaming device would it be difficult for xbox cloud streaming to be approved uh have to be developed for Linux. Absolutely not. I mean, it already can effectively work on a Linux device through a web browser, at least in theory. I haven't tried it, so I can't explicitly confirm that that is possible, uh, but it's definitely reasonable to assume that that can happen. Um, the, the Valve device is interesting. Valve doesn't have a great history, though, uh, in the hardware space, right? They've launched, they launched that one weird controller that 
just didn't do anything. They also launched on like those devices that were designed to be in your piece, like a PC in your living room, like a valve. Uh, what do they call big TV box or whatever they call those things. So I don't, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in a handheld stream, a steam device. Steam makes awesome PC software and that's their market. And I always get fascinated when companies go from a software as a service model, like, like steam, which has excellent margins into hardware, which has terrible margins. It's like, do you just not like your margins? Um, that's a great way to, to destroy those. It's like the old joke, the best way to become a millionaire is to be a billionaire and start a business. Um, and that typically happens. So anyways, folks, it has been just sort of a very busy week. We've got a big event on, uh, on Sunday where Microsoft is going to be talking about a lot of their first party studios. I've got more content dropping. I've been diving deep into the media analyst event that Microsoft had, and there's some more nuggets that need to be pulled out and discussed, uh, that, that will, I believe post potentially tomorrow. And so keep it locked here, folks. I very much appreciate you hanging out as always. The questions are the best part of my week and I will catch all of you back here next week. Yep. 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 Back here next week. So as always, keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.